Welcome to Crime Suit Podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee Carter. And I'm Hannah. This week we'll be talking about when online fantasies turn real and deadly. Do you know who's on the other side of the screen when you're chatting online? May 2005, in Clarence, New York, USA. The dawn of internet connection. You could be talking to anybody, anywhere in the world. It feels more normal to us now, but this was new in 2005. Thomas Montgomery was an average 46-year-old man. He was a youth Sunday school teacher at a local church. He worked at a small town factory job. He had a wife and two daughters. And one of his neighbors said Montgomery was one of the nicest people in their community. He lived the quintessential small-town American picket fence dream by many standards. He had a great relationship with both of his young daughters. He was the vice president of his daughter's swim club. He spent much of his free time with his kids, but every other moment of his spare time was spent on the internet. He had become addicted to online gambling, gaming, and chat rooms. It was an escape from the fact that he was actually deeply dissatisfied with himself and his life. This escapism began when his intimacy issues started to have an effect on he and his wife Cindy's life in the bedroom. And I don't know if this was the start of the escapism or if his internet usage, in quotations, was affecting his ability to perform in the bedroom, if you know what I mean. I don't know this for sure, but since this man was addicted to the internet, I'd be willing to bet anything that he was getting off to porn and then he had trouble having sex with his wife. And she was starting to resent him for it. The porn part is is speculation. I can't find anything to back that up specifically, but it's not an outlandish assumption, in my opinion. But the intimacy issues between him and Cindy are legitimate. Montgomery claimed that they not only had sexual intimacy issues on his side, but also communication problems. He talked with some of the ministers at the church he was active in, and they all told him to talk to his wife about these problems. But he said he struggled to tell her anything. He never wanted to hear what Cindy was feeling because he took it as a personal attack. So they spun around in this really unhealthy cycle of bottling things up and never talking about their issues. Montgomery said that he knew he had a good wife and good kids, but he was just deeply dissatisfied with his life and he wanted something else. To Montgomery, almost every aspect of his life was mundane and he was hung up on the past and what could have been. He served in the Marine Corps as a young man, but he never saw combat, despite longing for it for some reason. And because he missed out on that adventure, he resorted to romanticizing his short-lived and uneventful Marine service. He created an online persona with the screen name Marine Sniper. He could say anything he wanted online. All of his issues he had been bottling up, everything he wanted to say to his wife, he just said it to random people on the internet he'd never have to face in real life. He used chat rooms as his therapy. There was a lot of information about this case online, but the main chunk of information I got was from a documentary. And while it did have a lot of information that actually wasn't like super readily or easily findable online, the way the story is told paints the perpetrator of this case in like a victim light. And so I want to warn you, if you decide to seek out this documentary, it is bullshit. It is is just a bullshit documentary, like the way they try and paint the perpetrator. 
But there is a lot of information about the case. So if you're willing to, I guess, separate that out and look at it more objectively, go for it. But I I definitely would not recommend watching the documentary. It was awful. So for some reason, Montgomery found himself in a children's gaming chat online when someone with the screen name Tall Hot Blonde messaged him, hi, you're in the wrong chat room. He asked, why is that? And she told him that the chat room was actually for kids. Montgomery claims that he didn't know this, and he says he panicked and decided to tell Tall Hot Blonde that he was actually 18. And he says he told her this because he was worried about being caught in a sting situation, like being labeled okay, as a pedophile. Okay, but why does he want to be in there in the first place? Why wouldn't he be like, oh, sorry, and then leave? I don't fucking know. And they don't touch on that at all in the documentary. And when they're interviewing him about it, they just kind of let him say whatever the hell he wants. They begin chatting, and Tall Hot Blonde tells Montgomery her real name. Jesse, and she also sent some pictures of herself. As one does. What? Obviously. It, Hannah, this is in 2005, okay? Could you? Okay, I could not even imagine. Well, I guess I could imagine, but like <laughs> some rando strolls into a kid's chat room named Marine Sniper, and she's like, ooh, I bet he's hunky, and then just sends pictures of herself. The only people who go on the internet a lot are horny, Hannah. Yeah, so she sends him some pictures of herself, and she was a beautiful blonde teenager from West Virginia. She hadn't even graduated high school yet. And Montgomery decided to take on a new persona entirely when he saw Jesse's pictures. How old is he? 46? He's 46, and Jesse is 18. And he's going to let this run its course. Uh, Absolutely, because he's a gross 46-year-old man. So his new persona, he's no longer Thomas Montgomery. He's Tommy. Six feet tall, muscular, broad-shouldered 18-year-old Marine headed off to boot camp. Tommy made up a whole bunch of stories about his life, like that he'd never felt love since his mother died when he was young and he often thought of suicide. He created a stereotypical good boy gone bad persona. He was a good man, so brave, so sexy, so strong. But women just won't treat him right or even worse, they abandon him. And, and to prove that Tommy is who he says he was. He sent a 30-year-old picture of himself in his Marine uniform to Jesse. But he uses his real picture. He uses his real picture just from 30 years ago. Okay. This affair spanned over the course of six months before Montgomery decided he had to end it. Despite talking to Jesse every single day, sometimes all night long, Montgomery concocted a plan. The plan was this. Tommy finished boot camp and was shipping off to Iraq. Now he was deep in enemy territory, protecting Jesse and America, so he couldn't talk. 46-year-old Montgomery, who was playing the part of 18-year-old Tommy, decided to pretend to be Tommy's dad and talk to Jesse while Tommy was freedom fighting. His hope was that Tommy's dad would be able to tell Jesse to leave his son alone, therefore ending the affair. So he had some sort of sense of remorse about this. Potentially. And so you you can read through a lot of the transcripts of these conversations, and that's not how it seemed when I was reading through them. I didn't read through all of them, but when I was reading through these, it just seemed like it was just playing into the fantasy more, not that he necessarily wanted an out. Like, that he might have done it originally because he wanted an out, but when he was playing this part, he fell in love with Jessie. He started liking her even more. And so it was it was not going to go that way, the way that he originally planned. And it didn't end. In fact, the affair got worse. And when trying to separate himself from Jesse, Montgomery discovered that when he went extended periods of time without talking to her, he lashed out at Cindy and the kids more often. So he decided the best thing for him was to continue his affair because it was the only thing making him happy. 
It got to a point where Tommy asked Jesse to marry him after he got back from Iraq. Jesse told Montgomery that she was still a virgin and a huge part of their like nasty fantasy was Tommy taking Jesse's virginity. In fact, Montgomery almost seemed obsessive about it. They talked about it a lot which is very gross. And it took an even weirder turn because on January 2nd, 2006, Thomas Montgomery wrote himself this bizarre note, like very strange. I'll read a little bit of it in quotes. Tom Montgomery, 46 years old, ceases to exist and is replaced by an 18 year old battle scarred Marine. He wrote, he is moving to West Virginia to be with the love of his life, end quote. But I'm going to sum up some other stuff he said. He vowed that he would set aside enough of his imaginary millions to care for Cindy and the girls, even as he fantasized about the life he would build with Jesse. Uh, when the new year began, he was still stuck in his aging body and stale life, and he wrote in frustration, I wish I knew the exact time I would change to new Tom so I could prepare for it. Which, what is what is happening? He's, like, completely delusional. Yeah. Here's some of the other things he was trying to manifest. He wanted $2.5 million in the bank. A nine-inch penis. He would no longer be impotent. He would be a battle scarred and handsome like a red-headed Harrison Ford. Bro was trying to do witchcraft. Continuing on, Cindy wasn't dumb. She knew something was up and she tried to peek at Montgomery's computer, but he was always really quick about hiding what he was doing and he was always on it. So it was really hard for her to snoop. Still, even though he had gotten away with it up to this point, he was stressed to the point where he was, he went to the emergency room thinking that he was having a heart attack, but he was actually just having a panic attack. So my guy was stressed and rightfully so. He was cheating on his wife with a little girl who hadn't even graduated high school yet. Like I'd say if he wasn't stressed, I'd be more worried honestly. But Cindy finally got a lead on her suspicions when a box showed up to the door posted to Tommy Montgomery. Thomas Montgomery didn't go by Tommy, and that's obviously like an affectionate nickname, so her red flag meter was off the charts. Cindy opened the package to find a pair of lacy women's underwear and a note from Jesse. She had her proof. She confronted Tom about leading on and lying to an 18-year-old girl about who he was. Cindy said that they shouldn't be they should be working on solving their problems. And she begged Tom to talk to her. But he said, it's easier for me to talk to people I can't see. And that was the end for Cindy. She filed for divorce. But first, she wrote a letter addressed to Jesse with a picture of their family attached, filling Jesse in about all the lies Tom had told her. Oh, so there was a return address. And so Cindy sent her a letter or something. Yeah, Cindy sent her a letter saying, by the way, this is the man you're talking to. He's been lying to you this whole time. I don't know about you, but if I had been begging for my husband to talk to me for years and then discovered that he was talking to another person, I'd be so fucking mad. <sighs> I'd be so mad. And if I had been begging my husband to work out our intimacy issues and he was jerking off to teenagers on the internet, I'd be homicidal. We wouldn't do this podcast anymore because I would be in prison. You'd be in prison, yeah. Prison. So Jessie was shocked and disgusted when she found out that she had been talking to 46-year-old father of two, Tom Montgomery, and not 18-year-old Tommy. She wanted revenge, which same. So she reached out to a real life friend of Tom's, 22-year-old Brian Barrett. They worked together at the Dynabraid factory. He was young and cute. They used to all play online games together. So Jesse remembered his screen name and reached out. His screen name was Beefcake, by the way. Okay. Um, yes. And I think this is foreshadowing, TBH. Don't trust somebody with a username trying to bolst bolster themselves up trust somebody with a username that's goofy well beefcake is like especially (laughs) self-objectifying i thought it was more like it it totally is but i guess it's funny like it's not in the same boat as like tall hot blonde is to me 
Okay, so Jesse reached out to 22-year-old Brian Barrett, a.k.a. Beefcake. I'm going to laugh every time you say that. Can we just use their screen names? <laughs> Tall Hot Blonde reached out to Beefcake. <laughs> and it pissed Marine Sniper the fuck off. Oh, he found out about it? Uh, oh, sorry. I gave a little bit away. I shouldn't have. Hold on. We'll get there. So Jesse reached out to tell him everything that happened between her and Montgomery that he had lied about his age, his career, and his whole damn life. And Jesse seemed legitimately distraught, so Brian comforted her. Their relationship began to progress. Jesse sent Brian her pics, and they struck up a romantic relationship very quickly. How hot are these pictures? I mean, she has a baby face. She looks like a child to me. Like, she she legitimately does. Is um, she like your cute girl next door, or is she like yes. a bombshell? Very cute. Hold on, let me send you pictures. Um, okay. You texting me? Yeah, and I feel I feel super bad because oh I can't even tell you that part yet. Sorry. And the documentary says that Jesse convinced Brian to start talking shit about Montgomery, but I can't find anything that says she explicitly told him to. That's just how they made it sound. So everything else I read made it sound like it was actually a mutual thing. Like Jesse and Brian bullied Montgomery off of their gaming chat rooms. He was booted off because they called him a predator. And then Brian decided to tell all their co-workers what Montgomery did. And it isn't hard to tell the story in a way that makes Montgomery sound pitiful. And that's exactly what Brian did at work. And Jesse absolutely encouraged it from what I read in the transcripts. They both thought it was funny. It's just that the documentary makes it sound like it was all Jesse's idea and she forced Brian into it. But I can't find anything that legitimately points to that as being what happened. I'm confused. So Beefcake and Marine Sniper... So Brian and Tom, they work together. They know each other. So he knew how old Tom was. Yeah. But he just didn't know that when they weren't all gaming together that he was secretly flirting with her. Brian or Beefcake didn't know that Jesse and Tom were like together um, and didn't know that Jesse was 18 and didn't really have any context about who she was or what their relationship was. Just thought that it was an online friend of Tom's. That's it. Okay. It all came to a head when Jesse invited Brian to come meet her in West Virginia. And Brian bragged to Montgomery that he was going to see, in quotations, the Virgin. Gross. This sent, yeah, gross, hella gross. This sent Montgomery over the edge. He contacted Brian online and lashed out about Brian and Jesse's relationship. He called Jesse a whore. He told Brian to have fun popping her cherry and even threw in some super racist shit that makes no sense so just know that thomas montgomery is a racist piece of shit as well like for no reason but after this brian and jesse end up getting in an argument because jesse thinks brian only wants her for sex so she calls off meeting him in person and immediately starts chatting with montgomery again so to recap cindy finds out that Montgomery is having an affair with Jesse. She reaches out to Jesse and says, this is what's happening. Jesse gets pissed and she's like, why the fuck did you lie to me? That is terrible, right? Um, and she wants revenge. So she wants to flirt with Montgomery's friend who she knew from chatting online and playing online games. So she reached out to Brian Barrett and started chatting with him and they strike up a romantic relationship all while Jesse and Montgomery are not speaking. They're not on speaking terms. Jesse and Brian get in an argument because Jesse's like, you only want to sleep with me. That's the only reason you're interested in me. And starts and cuts off a relationship with him and then starts reaching out to Montgomery again. Even though she knows that he's a 46 year old man. Yes. 
So, and the docu- documentary tries to paint it as like Jesse luring these men back into her life, which with Brian, okay, I'll concede. That's like an apt description because he's so young as well. But Montgomery, like he's a grown man. He's old enough to know that he should know better and he should know when to quit. It's not Siren Jesse luring a 46-year-old man to his doom. It's a loser lowlife who can't seem to unattach himself from an 18-year-old child. Okay, but Cindy's gone, right? So he's like a single guy now. He's divorced. Yes. But now that he and Jesse were on good terms again, it made Montgomery even more angry at Brian. And he messaged Jesse, I hate him with a passion and for 10 cents, I would eliminate him. I am the ultimate weapon. I am a Marine. And he also said, Brian will pay in blood. Jesse tried to reason with Montgomery, saying that this thought process was a little extreme and even tried to calm him down. But by this time, Montgomery had already tried to run Brian off the road earlier that day. Jesse promised Montgomery that she would never message Brian again to try and calm him down. And then they started sexting again and kind of became official. But Montgomery saw her flirting with other guys in chat rooms and that's when he lost it. He told her that if she didn't leave him alone, he was going to drive to West Virginia and hurt her and her mom. So Jesse backed off and Jesse's mom even reached out to Montgomery to tell him to stay away from her daughter. They ceased communication again for a few months until Jesse reached out wanting to talk again claiming that her mom wouldn't find out. I feel like I'm just telling you some like small town drama over FaceTime and a glass of wine right now. (laughs) Cause that's basically what this is. This continued on for four weeks until Montgomery saw Brian on Jesse's MySpace page. Something snapped in Montgomery, obviously again, because he's not stable. And he went off on Jesse saying, you will pay now, bitch. You better be very afraid. I told you what would happen if you and Brian got together. And Montgomery knows Jesse is an 18-year-old child at this point. I just can't wrap my head around a grown man. Like, he's obviously not a mentally or emotionally well-grown man, but he should be at 46 years old. His frontal lobe is fully developed. He needs to fucking get it together. Jesse was obviously scared by these messages, and she reached out to Brian to warn him that Montgomery was angry and that he threatened his life, that Montgomery had threatened Brian's life in a chat to her. And Brian agreed that he was also afraid of Montgomery, but that he would stay out of Dodge. Montgomery spammed Jesse with a whole bunch of awful things, even saying he hoped she would get gang raped. And she ended contact with him for good after that. After two days of harassing Jesse online with no answer, things took a turn for the worst. Brian was found dead from three gunshot wounds in his car in his work parking lot. His rear tire had been slashed. Investigators immediately suspected Thomas Montgomery, but couldn't find him, and they were worried that his next target was going to be Jesse. They immediately sent a West Virginia officer to Jesse's house. The officer asked for Jesse, but the only person home was Jesse's mom, and she said that Jesse lived across the state and that she had no way to get a hold of her daughter. When the officer pushed and explained that Jesse needed to be found because she might be in danger, Jesse's mom spilled a terrible, awful secret that she was actually Jesse. She had been using her daughter's name and face on the internet. She was the one who had been talking to Thomas Montgomery and Brian Barrett. It had been Mary Sheeler who had fished her daughter's dirty underwear out of the hamper to send to Montgomery. It was Mary Sheeler who had sent pictures of her daughter's face and body to men who she knew were going to masturbate to her. Uh, Not only that, Mary Sheeler put her daughter in danger, in danger of being murdered, obviously, but also in danger of being stalked and harassed. When they finally found Montgomery, he refused to cooperate with the investigation. He was adamant that he didn't kill Brian Barrett. So detectives confiscated his computer and combed through thousands of saved IM chats. 
They found one that he had sent to Jesse saying, your boyfriend was easy to take care of and no 18-year-old is going to best me. Investigators also found a peach pit at the scene of the crime that had Montgomery's DNA on it. A gun clip was also found at the scene that was traced back to Montgomery, but the murder weapon was never found. Montgomery actually told one of his co-workers years before this that if he was ever going to commit murder, he wanted to use an M1A1, which is a super old military rifle, and the shell casings at the scene of the crime were from an M1A1. Investigators did not find that gun in his house, and they seized his gun cabinet, but when they searched his house, they went through some old pictures and found a picture of that same gun cabinet that, from years ago, but that gun cabinet had an M1A1 gun in it. So they knew at one point he had an M1A1 gun in his possession. This is tangential, but it reminds me of that meme that's like, hide this paperclip in your house and a cop has 24 hours to find it. And if they don't, you'll get $1 million. Where are you hiding the paperclip? I, I don't know if you've heard that, but people, yeah, it's just like an online thing. But they even went through this man's home pictures, which is like insane to me. <laughs> like, wow, crazy. So Montgomery's attorney tried to plea insanity, but the actual murder was too planned out. So that didn't pan out for him. Um, and Montgomery also tried to claim he had an alibi and that his ex-wife would back him up. Cindy, Miss Who Me Montgomery said hell to the no. This man had no alibi. In fact, I didn't see him that whole goddamn night. That's what she said. She really said, no, get somebody else to do it because I'm not the one. Okay, hold on. If you're going to rely on anyone to have your alibi... Why would you be like, yeah, my ex-wife will totally lie for me? <laughs> nah, not after what he did to her. Like, he really thought he really, this man was delusional. So Montgomery then turned to his young daughters. No. Yeah, he tried to manipulate them into testifying about an alibi. How young before a child not eligible to testify? Because they, I feel like, haven't they gotten little tiny children up in yeah. courtrooms? I feel like that's kind of unethical. Yeah, they do. And sometimes they have them in separate rooms and they're just filmed so that it's not like mm -hmm. they're in, in the courtroom. But yeah, that's a lot of pressure to put on your young kids, your kids in general, but especially young ones. Montgomery was adamant that he wanted to plead not guilty and he wanted to die on that hill until his lawyer told him that there's no way he'd get acquitted. His lawyer was like, let me level with your bud. There's literally no way you're walking away from this. Because did they have his DNA on that peach pit? Yes. <laughs> So then he pled guilty to first degree manslaughter. Which basically means that he, he killed him accidentally. Yes. And it was part of a plea deal. He was only sentenced to 20 years in prison. If he has good behavior in prison, he can get out in 17. <laughs> Brian's family is still devastated and they were completely blindsided by Brian's death. Like they didn't know he was talking to anyone online. They didn't know he had conflict with Thomas Montgomery or about the love triangle. They just woke up one day and their son had been murdered. And they blamed themselves for not knowing, which is so, so sad. 17 years, wouldn't that be like 2023? Yeah. Mary Sheeler has never been criminally charged because it's not a crime to catfish. It should be a crime to use your daughter's pictures and underwear to catfish, but it's not. Would the swimsuit pictures not count as child porn? Technically not, because they, they were all just pictures of her existing in a swimsuit. Like in public areas, like it wasn't we're, not suggestive. We're not suggestive because they they were literally taken by her mother while Jesse was just enjoying her life, like swimming. Yeah, and and she took her daughter for a lot of like professional photo shoots as well. Like they, the police seized Mary Sheeler's computer to see if anything sketchy was on the computer, and they found hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of photos of Jesse. 
and sometimes compromising positions. Like there was a picture of a shot up Jesse's miniskirt. Oh no. Yes. What happened to her? So she didn't face any criminal charges and she's still out there catfishing right now. I could go find her in the chat room. She, she had to testify in the case. And she lied to her whole family about what actually happened. And then Jesse started to get suspicious of her mom. Like she heard about this case. It was a murder case. My mom is testifying in a murder case. That's crazy. She Googled her mom's name and she found everything. She read all about what her mom had said and done online using her image and her name. And she, she was traumatized, legitimately traumatized. And she went to her dad and she was like, did you know this was happening? And her dad did not. I didn't even think about her being married. So she's also a married woman, like in a relationship with kids. And she's pretending to be an 18 year old girl and catfishing men. Yep. And so Jesse showed everything to her dad who didn't know anything. And her dad lost it. In the documentary, they interview her dad and he is like a wreck. Like he's like, I don't know how somebody could do this to their child. They got divorced because he was like so disgusted with that. And and then nobody was protecting Jesse. Poor Jesse had been roped into this against her will and used by her mom in one of the most violating and disgusting ways. Jesse was featured in the documentary, but she didn't want to do an interview. And her eyes, like she looked defeated and traumatized. It was very sad. This poor girl deserved so much better. Jesse completely cut her mother out of her life. And Jesse said that her mom has not apologized or even explained why she did what she did. Mary did say that the reason she catfished, I don't know if it was to investigators or to the doc crew, that she did it because she was bored and lonely. The fact that she's actually a 50-year-old woman masquerading as as her own 18-year-old daughter doesn't change how it made Brian so willing to mock and humiliate Montgomery to the men he worked with. And it sure as hell doesn't change how Montgomery was willing to murder another man over his own pride. It's, It's just a terrible situation. I feel sad for Brian and Brian's family. Well, as always, thank you for ruining my day. You're welcome. I'll do it again soon. (laughs) It could be later today when I text you something unhinged. It could be tomorrow. It could be next time we record. I don't know. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Crime Soup Podcast. Be sure to find us on social media and let us know your thoughts on this case. You can find us on YouTube and TikTok at Crime Soup Podcast and on Instagram and Twitter at Crime underscore Soup. We also have a website, crimesouppodcast.com, where you can listen to all of our episodes and buy your very own Crime Soup merch. As always, we'll see you next Tuesday. Stay safe and bon appetit.